as our as our as our good friend Khaled would say, another one. Another one. <laughs> special it. cloth alert. Special um, cloth alert. You know, so we we've we did this previously. Unfortunately, uh, we, we lost a bit of um, audio, but so we want to we want to come back. We want to let's talk about this again. And it's never too late, right? So the movie's been out for what, like a week now? Yeah, Tenet has been out. Uh, yeah, came out or. I don't even think it's been a week, has it? Has it been a week? Oh, yeah, it did. I think it's been a no, week. No, last Wednesday is when, because uh, last Wednesday is when okay. we went to go it's see it. almost her. a week. Almost a week, yeah. 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 Uh, so here's why I think, um, here's the really interesting thing about this film and like, you know, why this uh, this review, regardless of whenever we do the review, um, is going to, you know, make sense and it's going to be like worthwhile. And I think, uh, you know, our listeners are going to be able to take something from it because this film is so complex yeah. that even almost a week after having seen it, like I'm still like thinking back to certain moments throughout the film and like still trying to understand it. So, um, you know, we're, uh, I was glad to come back and reshoot this because I feel like I want to share my thoughts about it. And I hope some of our listeners learn something from us when we talk about this movie. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's just jump right into it. Uh, so getting into the synopsis of the film, uh, armed with only one word, tenant, uh, and fighting for the survival of the entire world. Uh, that's pretty lofty, right? Like, how would you like to, you know, what if you just... First day on the yeah, job, all right, like, you have to save the world. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even set up my direct deposit yet. My insurance doesn't kick in for that first 90 days. <laughs> what? I gotta save the world. Am I still on a probation period? I don't yet. know. <laughs> When's my review? I don't know. When can we talk? And you save um, the world and they say, hey, you know, it's just not working out. Yeah. You know? uh, we didn't thanks. like how you blew up some of those buildings. Cost yeah. us some money. I don't know. <laughs> We're going to have to let you go. <laughs> um, uh, a protagonist journeys through a twilight world of international espionage uh, on a mission that will unfold in something beyond real time. This film was, of course, directed by the great one himself, uh, Christopher Nolan. Nobody else calls him the great one except for me. Um, <laughs> and also written by Nolan as well. Uh, let's just jump into the plot. Uh, that's obviously going to eat up a, a majority of this conversation is just digging into what the fuck was this movie about? Yeah. Um, so the plot of this film, again, it's like it's so complex and I feel like it's, it's multifaceted. There's so many layers. I'm going to try and uh, share my thoughts on it as simple and as clean as possible. Um, time. Right. This movie explored the complexities of time in and I saw it in three different ways. Right. There's like the past. There's the future. There's current time. And time itself is is kind of like a living breathing organism in which uh you know for and i used the house analogy the last time we spoke like if, when i when i watched this movie i couldn't help but thinking to myself like there's like a house right and inside the house time is moving at one speed so to speak right and then you could either enter the house from the front door you can enter the house from the back door if you enter from the back door you're moving backwards through time if you enter at the front door you're moving forwards through time but again, and even if when you're in the house, if you're not from that time, your time is still moving separately in and of itself. I just had a mini stroke with yeah. you explaining that. Yeah. Makes kind sense. Seizure, yeah. <laughs> if, you've, if you've seen the movie, it makes sense. Um, but again, this, so this pro protagonist is kind of like on this journey to save the world um, by going back in time, going forwards in time, kind of like manipulating time, ultimately to find this device that our villain in this movie who's um, played by what is it kenneth kenneth brog uh 
Barnall? Barnall, cool. Yeah, and we'll get into uh, some of our favorite characters in a little bit. But this film, again, for me, just really, uh, really like speaks like the complexities of time. And I, I love any movie about time. And like yeah. you know, even Endgame, right? Endgame, they they uh, they uh, kind of like spoke to the time theory thing. Yeah. And it's beautiful how in Endgame the theory of time could be one thing, and here in this movie Tenet, they look at time in a completely different way. Yeah. Uh, well, this is uh this is the one of the more uh creative ways of yeah. Playing Which one do you time? think was more creative? Endgame's exploration no. of time or this one? Is that is that even? Are you being serious? I, I really like how. <laughs> Endgame addressed time, you know, in order to like go back at the Infinity Stones. Yeah, but it was all very time. sort of like a normal way of handling. This was just this was. You think this is this just is off more the complex? Map. Yeah, this okay. is this is completely off the map in terms of. For one, you know, we'll, we'll talk about uh, sort of the cinematography uh, a little later, but um, with the way that they shot this movie and mm-hmm. with the way and with the, how they executed, like there's one thing to talk about the theory right which was confusing yes but it was another thing to show it and uh with them combining the two of those it was just i don't know i don't know what you even compare it to uh i don't even know if there is a comparison really uh to it as far as how they were able to sort of manipulate time um both visually as well as just you know in terms of the concept of it but to, to kind of go back here um so uh this this movie you know it has to basically do with uh uh, uh, David Washington, um, who plays the protagonist, John David Washington. Um, and he, you know, at the start of the movie, he's like, you know, he, he within like the first like five minutes of the movie, he pretty much, you know, bites the dust, right? Yeah. So, uh, so that's where we sort of pick things up. Um, and uh, then we sort of go into, we go basically right into trying to understand what this whole sort of reversal of time is uh you know what this um uh what they call inversion is uh and uh he he comes across it right before he passed right before he dies or was about to die um and uh and and then you know he's explained like what it is and and all this other stuff um and that's i thought was like the slowest part of this movie was sort of the beginning part where you are being it's being explained to you what's going on what's inversion and all that other stuff right but then basically uh you know as he's uh trying to uncover what this inversion is who's who's behind it you know what kind of devices are behind it um what's what's all going on he meets uh, robert pattinson's uh mm-hmm. character um who uh you know he plays uh, neil who seems to kind of be in the know about certain things. You know, he seems to have a, a, an extra set of uh, knowledge uh, about uh, a lot of things going on. And so uh, from that, they kind of build together this team, all of which they don't know each other, but they're all working towards the same goal. Basically, somebody's hiring them to do a lot of these fucking, you know, a, a lot of different parts, but they don't, they're not necessarily working all together. Yeah. Um, uh to to achieve this this sort of goal of stopping this inversion of time uh and so and so i thought all that was kind of the slowest part of the movie shit doesn't really pick up you know i think uh until we get to that car chase scene where we really see this inversion in like full-blown like okay here it is yeah um and it was just it was I don't give a fuck what happened before that. I don't didn't really care what happened after that. I just my mind was blown at that point of like fuck. Um 
to 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 talk about it for like half the movie and then to show it was just something else uh and so i thought that that was definitely like the high point of the the plot itself um and it was interesting in how the movie itself is kind of like inverted right that as they're going sort of forward in time they're also kind of going back in time at the same time but it takes place on just so many different levels you yeah. know um in that uh like even like the fight scene where you know uh you know uh the protagonist is essentially fighting himself right um it was so cool to sort of and that's kind of our our point of like okay we're going forward in time boom now we're kind of going back in time um and that was so fucking mind-blowing to watch uh, as well um just so many fucking scenes like that um I, the one thing i can say about the plot that i didn't really care for was uh so we get Elizabeth uh, Debicki's character. She plays Cat, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so she is married to Kenneth uh, Branagh, uh, his character Andre, who's sort of the antagonist of the film, right? Um, and uh, I didn't really care for his, like their relationship because relationship, yeah. it didn't really make too much sense. It's kind of just like he met her. He was like, "I'm going to risk the entire world for you." It's like you know, it's like Thanos. I don't know you like yeah. you know I don't even know who you are <laughs> like it was it was it was a little abrupt um you know uh, a little too too soon to uh to do that uh at least in my opinion but you know you felt like it was like forced a little bit a little bit uh or at least it it, it wasn't fully explained like why he cares so much about her, her in order to like risk everything for her right yeah. like that that I didn't necessarily care for and, and while we're sort of on the subject um so we have andre's character who's he's the antagonist of the film and then we find out that he's not really the antagonist of the film he's kind of like um it's it's a case where he's he's working on behalf of um like people in the future people in the future so basically it's a plot from people in the future that you know and, and then that's when this movie kind of gets a little bit political too in that it's people in the future knowing that their future's fucked trying to basically go back in time to like you know prevent us from fucking up the world um so there, there's a bit of uh i think politics in there just a bit um but not you know not overly done but just enough to to make you know that it's it's there um and so uh and so they're the actual sort of like you know the uh um the the villains of the film uh and so i and i actually kind of appreciated that that it wasn't it wasn't like and 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 kind of uh ran he didn't play like this maniacal like you know like ghoulish like yes i want to you know destroy the world yeah like it wasn't like one of those fucking weird stupid like doctor no kind of situations it was it was like he had uh he was tasked with a purpose and he was trying to just carry out that 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 purpose um even if it meant potentially ending the world which yeah. was done with uh assembling basically this this sort of uh, i guess machine that um uh that could uh i guess and this is part this is we were in the car we were talking about it on our way back and we we're like yeah i gotta go back and watch it specifically for this but to figure out exactly like how it was going to actually uh destroy the world how the device and, yeah, was yeah yeah um but you know I, I like the point that you made about how like the, the real villains in this film you, we never actually see them. 
we never hear from them. We never get to meet them at any point in time. They're kind of like a like a shadowy figure operating in the background, pulling these strings and like um, you know making these moves to destroy the past for their own selfish reasons in the future. Uh, but again, we never really like see them, hear them. We never really get to confront them in a way. Um, it's all being done through uh, Andre. The, which is really interesting. I can't think of any other film that it's been like that. And um, yeah. maybe, you know, going back to Marvel, like we've seen some of that in like a lot of these Marvel films or like the James Bond of Mission Impossible films where there's like, uh, you know, what was the Ghost Protocol? There's the syndicate that was operating behind the scenes, right? Yeah. It's, it's a lot like that. And we know that Christopher Nolan is a, is a James Bond fan. So maybe he yeah. kind of pulled that from, from, from some of his Bond films. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, and I do want to kind of come back to some points on the plot, but let's, uh, let's move on for now to, uh, to the characters in the film. Um, so uh, John uh, Papsidera uh, was the casting by credit for the film. Um, who, you know, as always, was your runner up? Who's your MVP? Uh, hit me. So my so I have two MVPs or I'm sorry I have two runner ups actually. Um, first runner up is Kenneth Brand. How are we going to say his name? We need to get on the same page about <laughs> I, this. I believe it's pronounced Brenna. Brenna. Yeah, okay. See, so I, Kenneth Brenna. I have a public school education. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Kenneth Brenna is my um, is uh, one of my runner ups. Um, I think his performance was, you know, I liken it to. Uh, Josh Brolin's performance as Thanos, right? He wasn't this like grand villain. He didn't have a scar on his face <laughs> and uh, he didn't like knife people up and kill people in strange ways or like eat someone's heart in the movie and like do anything that made yeah, you- Why did you pull that up specifically? Did you just finish like watching something that somebody ate somebody's heart? No, it would be you scary just, though, right? You just <laughs> <laughs> like just if, you, that out of nowhere. if you saw somebody do that, you'd be like, dude, I'll tell yeah. you whatever you want to do. <laughs> Um, but like he's not just this like grand villain, right? He's yeah. this guy who uh, you know is is being provided a lot of like powerful information from people in the future. And I'm not gonna say he's a puppet, but he's you know he's not the guy at the top of the at the top of the list. He's not the guy pulling the strings. Um, he's taking orders from the future, right? Um, and his relationship with uh, his wife played by Elizabeth Debicki, Cat, that's kind of like what's driving him as well, right? You know, he's having this uh, strange relationship with his wife. He's like, well, if I can't have you, no one can have you. And if I have to destroy the world to make sure that no one has you, I will do that, right? And he's being given the information and the mechanisms to do that from the people in the future. Yeah. Um, but again, throughout this film, you kind of, I don't know, I kind of like the guy. <laughs> all right right i don't know he it's, just that's one way to go about it he had like a he was believable his he kind of had a charm to him um which is just a huge shout out to uh you know kenneth uh we just we just brano brano yeah, yeah yeah so and how he played this character <laughs> how he brought this character to life yeah um I, I i love like the delivery of of it i love like the charm that he had and like how he was just so believable yeah um so my second runner-up is going to be uh dimple what is her last name? I don't want to get it. So it's Dimple Cappadia, who plays Priya. Uh, in this film, she's the one who's more or less working with the protagonist to stop this event from happening. Um, she's not quite a good guy. She's not quite a bad guy. She's just a broker of information. Um, so again, the actress who plays her, uh, Dimple Cappadia, I think she just did it tastefully. Um, her role 
and her character was very important to the story, but she didn't like overplay it in any way. She didn't underplay it in any way. She was whenever she was on film, and I like I like how they introduce her character too. Um, when Robert Pattinson and um, uh, David Washington, the protagonist, and what's uh, David Pattinson's character's name again? Uh, Neil. Uh, Neil. So when the protagonist and Neil break into the house, at first they think it's her husband who's the one calling the shots. Then they come to find out that it's her. And again, she just plays this broker of information throughout the film. I thought she did that beautifully. Yeah. My uh, my MVP for this film has to be none other than John David Washington. Um, I thought he just had a stellar performance um, from the very beginning. Believable. Uh, he, he pulled off the action. He pulled off the charm. He pulled off the humor. He pulled off the intensity, in my opinion. Uh, I can't think of a time in the movie where once he told us who his character was that he ever like broke character right uh so for me mvp uh, yeah. and he even had a bit of like there were certain scenes in which i'm like you know you, you i think he's a strong actor on his own um, but we know who his father is there were certain times throughout this film where i'm like ah he's got that denzel charm right there like you know he maybe said or did something in a way that like denzel would have um which you know you, you kind of love to see that so yeah. uh, he's my he's my MVP for this movie. Yeah, um, I think my runner up is uh, it's going to have to be uh, John David Washington. Um, you know, all for, for all the reasons that you said. Um, for me, it was a little bit of a mixed bag for him as far as like the the performance goes. I thought uh, there were some parts he was extremely great at, and then there were some other parts where I was like, oof. Yeah, I don't know, you know, mm -hmm. about this particular scene right here. Um, but I think when he was great, he he knocked it out of the park. Uh, and uh, and when he wasn't, he wasn't, you know. But um, in, in either way, I think that what he was able to do with this film um, was was amazing. Like uh, uh, the part where he goes and, you know, they're they're eating uh, the at the lunch. restaurant yeah, yeah. At, the, at the restaurant and uh what does he say he says uh uh oh he says oh can i take your or i'll get the waiter to take your order he's like yeah. no just pass no. it along yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um you know and uh it's just like that and it's very bond-esque right like yeah. we, we, we talked about how nolan is uh is a bit of a uh a, a bond fan um and so that was a very bond like moment there where uh, it's just very cool very very smooth you know he didn't skip a beat you know he just kept it pushing you know yeah um and uh and so i thought he ex uh, executed some of those things really well um but uh but yeah i think there were just some points and and i think maybe more even more specifically some of the you know the romance stuff and it wasn't really like a romance i can't even call it that right like mm -hmm. there wasn't really that much of a romance to call it a romance but uh with him and uh cat's uh, character or cat the character of cat rather um it was some of those moments where i was just like uh like it didn't quite sell it, it for just you. didn't yeah it just didn't land but i and i don't know how much of that was with him versus like the script right mm -hmm. like that perhaps he was trying to manufacture something that wasn't just there right yeah. it wasn't there on the pages to for him to work with but in any event um i thought uh and, and also i do i do want to give a shout out to elizabeth the biggie who played cat uh as well as uh aaron taylor jo uh, johnson who played uh eves ives i think it's played is it's called ives um or ease i guess um uh, but he popped up in the film isn't in it for like a tremendous amount of time at all yeah but you know it was just it was like oh shit like that's him and you know he played uh, like a fucking he was dope you know yeah. in it um and uh and so yeah shout out to him obviously i don't think he's and, and shout out to michael kane as well uh this is his uh 
2000th film with uh, Christopher Nolan. There mm-hmm. is not a single Christopher Nolan movie that Michael Caine is not in. Um, he played uh, Alfred in the uh, the the, uh, the Dark Knight Dark Knight series. Dark Knight yep. uh, he was in Inception as like the professor. Yep. Um, what else was he in? He was in Interstellar. He was the uh, the oh, really? father in Inception. Uh, uh, okay. Brand's father. Damn. Um, so every time Christopher Nolan's about to do a film, he just knows. Yeah. He knows he's in it. He's like he doesn't even have to audition. He doesn't have to. He just shows up when yeah. when filming starts yeah he's like look i need a new addition to the house what yeah. you got for me no yeah. <laughs> what role do you what have for easy me money <laughs> can you send my way um uh so yeah i just want to give them a shout out uh but my mvp of the film it has to be robert pattinson um i think he's also not in the film like too too much but when he is uh he like in the crazy world that we're you know we're in in this in this tenant film um he's the like the calming factor in the film both uh both in his character but then also just his presence in the film i think is just it kind of brings us every everybody back down to earth a bit of like okay let's all breathe a little bit let's all try to figure this out um and i think that was sorely needed and he did it to a t you know um and uh yeah, and and his chemistry with John David Washington, I think, was very apparent. That they yeah. both had a very uh, that was a relationship that I I found very very believable. Um, uh, and, and so um, and so yeah, I, I got to give it up for uh, for Robert Pattinson, uh, vegan Batman himself. I think did a fantastic job with uh, with, with the film. Um, and this makes me uh, uh, you know think about you know what he's going to do with this. Uh, Batman role. Um, and an interesting bit is is that he, uh, him and Nolan never talked about Batman, even though Pattinson's playing, you know, the new or what would, uh, you know, be a new Batman series. Yeah. And Nolan yeah. is the director of probably the quintessential um, Batman trilogy. Um, but they never talked about, yeah. you know, they I guess it's like, you know, like, uh, that body of work is something I've already done. Now you're stepping into this thing. Yeah. Make it we don't need thing. to talk about it. You don't need my advice. Yeah. Just like take it, you know, own it for yourself and let it be what it is. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so with that being said, uh, let, let's move on to the, uh, cinematography of the film. Uh, the cinematographer for the film was Hoyt Van Hoytema, um, who has done the last, I think two, maybe three, uh, Nolan movies. Mm-hmm. Um, he's done Dunkirk, uh, um, uh, Interstellar as well as, um, I believe Inception. Maybe I got that wrong. Um, but any event, uh, he's, he's worked with, uh, Nolan, um, quite a few times and, uh, and I'll let you go first before I, before I, yeah. I mean, if you're watching this uh, on YouTube, you're also seeing some of the, uh, behind the scenes footage of how they, sh- um, filmed this on IMAX. Um, there, is there anything other, is there anything else you can say other than it was exceptional how they shot this movie? No. From you know the the more dynamic shots, the more dynamic scenes like the car chase scene on the highway, um, some of the fight scenes, the hand to hand combat scenes. I think it was done uh, appropriately. It was intense when it needed to be intense. It was dynamic when it needed to be dynamic. It was uh, it was you know like in those moments where there's like where they're having more uh, privileged conversation, right? You kind of like felt like the intensity of the moment. Um, so everything that they needed to do to capture, again, the fight scenes, the the, the how time was actually because 
time was like a character in the film, right? Yeah. So you have to make sure that's captured on film in a way that it feels like a character and like a living, breathing, breathing, moving thing. Um, and they did that in every way. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, I don't, I don't know. I can't imagine how difficult of a project this was, you know, like, you know, uh, and we talked about this when we first recorded, uh, but you know, what was that phone call like, or what was that first meeting like between Nolan and, and uh, 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 Hoyt Van, um, uh, um, uh, you know, he, hey, how, how's it going? How's yeah. it hard? You kids? busy? Yeah, I'm, like, no, I'm not busy. Everything good? Yeah, um, got this idea. Uh, so here's <laughs> what we're gonna do we're going to be going forwards in time, right? Just like normal, and then we're also going to be going backwards in time, but that's also happening forwards in time, yeah. He's and, just like, and you've got to film time moving forwards and backwards at the same, same time. time. Like, all right, all right, okay. cool, 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 cool. <laughs> you, uh, you, you kiss your wife yeah. and, and, the, and the children. You tell them goodbye. I, I, won't I, I don't know when I'll see you guys yeah. again. Yeah, playing the white cloth, John. So <laughs> go on to November. Um, yeah, uh, but yeah, he simply outdid himself with this this film. Um, it, it was. I don't know. I, I think it's it, it was sort of a revelation uh, in in filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and I don't know what the process was of of, of them putting this all together. Uh, but to me, it was nothing short of sensational uh, what they were able to do with this film um, and how they were able to do it and and to do it in such a way that felt organic. You know, because I, I I would imagine if this was literally any other director, they would have just CGI the fuck out of everything. Right? Yeah, but. I if they use CGI, I couldn't fucking tell you where they nope. fucking use CGI. The only time that I think I'm pretty sure that they use CGI was um was uh when um Andre's character falls off the boat. That's literally the only time because it's like all right, well, yeah, true. Yeah, he, he he caught it pretty bad. I don't think they that actually had him doing that. Too. Yeah, um, <laughs> what if he actually really did? Yeah, it? I know, right? <laughs> Every bone in his body broken. Um, but uh, but yeah, th- th- this this film was um spectacularly shot um everything felt really organic with it it felt it felt real they fucking crashed a plane mm-hmm. <laughs> um into a fucking uh into like the airport, airport hangar, or, yeah. or hangar or some shit um they, they they spent no or they spared no expense when it when it came to film. they and that's very literal right like it was one of the most expensive films in history um so uh and then also i should give uh, jennifer lame uh, a shout out too and i think this is uh nolan's perhaps his first time working with her, but she edited the, uh, the, the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and I can't imagine what kind of undertaking that, that must've been. Where do you um, start? I don't fucking know. Uh, you can start backwards in time. You can start forwards in time. I don't yeah. know. It's up you to get you. your uh, coffee and you sit behind your computer and you're just like, Oh, do i start at the end of the film and and, and edit backwards do doesn't I start even the, matter yeah. you you can probably start anywhere you just yeah. you just pick some yeah. footage and you're just, like well it really won't matter because this film's moving forward and backwards <laughs> so it doesn't matter where i start yeah um okay so let's uh let's talk about the yeah, the soundtrack um super quick the uh uh the music by credit on this is of course uh, ludwig uh gorson um who uh has, has a ton of credits uh for himself um obviously has a very storied history uh and and what's unique about this film is is that um typically uh nolan uh, especially on on a lot of these bigger projects has worked with um hans zimmer for for years now mm-hmm. uh, um, i think throughout the entire dark knight trilogy as well as interstellar dunkirk um 
although I'm not terribly sure about them. I'm pretty sure he worked on Dunkirk as well. Um, but then Inception as well. Uh, it's all been Hans Zimmer. And then this time, I think, I don't know if maybe their schedules just didn't line up or mm-hmm. maybe no one was like, yeah, I'm just tired of looking at your face. But, um, <laughs> but they, they went with uh, uh, Ludwig uh, Gorison. Um, who, who did a lot of like dope things too, right? Like, uh, like he did uh, the soundtrack for uh, Creed Two, um, uh, Black Panther, um, Atlanta. He he, he did uh, I think I think like an episode of that, you know, where yeah. he he uh, has the uh, the music credit on that as well. Um, the 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 first Creed, uh, the the show Community, uh, just a bunch of stuff that's just like pretty pretty dope. Yeah. All um, films in which like the soundtrack and the score and the music played a huge role yeah. in the in the movie. Yeah. When it comes to this movie, I'll, I'll be honest when I say that I did not I don't remember music in any particular scene that like, you know, like really really stood out to me. I don't remember the score. And that's not a bad thing. This is this movie, there's so much to pay attention to. Yeah. Um like as you're watching one scene happening, you're still trying to figure out what you just watched um so for for me remembering the score remembering the music i'm not gonna i didn't get it on my first pass yeah but again that means that the the score was done purposefully it was done tastefully it was done in a way that complements the film that doesn't like overshadow the film in any particular way or overshadow any scene in any particular way yeah so though i don't remember the score what i do remember is sound and like the use of sound throughout this movie and how amazing the sound quality was um and like sound being a part of those scenes like the car chase scene on the highway yeah i remember us sitting in the car and i told you like you know it was kind of uh, it added the uh, level of intensity to it being able to yeah. hear the engine in the car as they're driving down the highway changing gears switching lanes and you're getting all of that sound uh, so I thought that was done beautifully. Yeah. Um, yeah. And for those the, uh, confused by what we were talking about, uh, we actually went to a, it was a really dope experience. We went to a drive-in theater to go see um, uh, Tenet. Uh, we were basically telling the theaters, not today. <laughs> not going to get us today <laughs> Fuck uh, no. with the Rona. Um, but, uh, but yeah. Um, yeah. I, as we were sort of like listening to the, to the movie and kind of going along. Um, yeah. The, the score wasn't, I don't think it was, um, I don't think it was too much of a factor, at least as far as like, okay, you're trying to figure like a couple of different things out. And so yeah. you're just like, all right, that's not necessarily what you're paying attention to. But what I can say uh, about the score is that it, it had very, uh, it was very Bond-esque mm-hmm. uh, in, in terms of like some of uh, like when we would come into like an establishing shot of, um, uh, uh, you know, of a whatever the landscape is, right? I was very sort of like you. You get the the bond, like high strings, and you know, you like know, the orchestra, oh, man, like kind of, yeah, yeah. We're setting it up here, you know, for us to 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 see whatever it is that that we're about to be shown. Um, that was definitely used uh, a, a lot in the film, and then also obvi- the obvious thing is, you know, the track by uh, Travis Scott at the end of the film, which I thought was, you know, it felt like one of those things where the studios like. Yeah, we gotta do something. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, you, hey, gotta, listen, you gotta appeal to these the millennials under twenty five or yeah. something. How do we get uh, young kids to see this movie? What <laughs> a Travis Scott Travis song. Scott. Get Ky- is Kylie end. on it? Can is Kylie yeah. available? Can she get on the track? No. All right, fuck it. Just it was it was Travis. oddly placed, but uh, yeah. you know, I'm and I, I'm gonna have to listen to the whole song. Yeah, because we only heard a little bit of it at the end. It's a little snippet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but um, but yeah. Um, okay. So with that being said, man, uh, any any last remarks? 
for uh, the, the the film Tenet. Yeah. I cannot wait to see this film a second time. Again, yeah. as I said, like in the first pass, you're not going to get everything. Um, it's so complex. It's so dynamic. Um, and it's a film that I feel like the second time around, you're going to enjoy it just as much. You're going to understand it a little bit more. Um, you may have like a different experience when you watch it the second time around, which is uh, what what makes a great movie. You, you don't want to just see it once. You want to see it twice. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I loved it. I recommend anybody see this film. Uh, I think it's a stellar project. Uh, thankful to, for the experience and the opportunity to go to a drive-in movie theater and see this. Yeah. Um, so the, the one or the last couple of things I'll, I'll say about it is, is like, yeah, going back to this whole the, the plot of it, like with the inversion of time. Um, I, don't, I don't think, you know, us trying to explain it. We just sound like idiots trying to like, OK, go forwards and then you go backwards. There's a house. You go through it somehow. I don't know. Um but uh, I think that it was one of Nolan's, if not Nolan's most complicated movies mm-hmm. uh, and like unashamedly, like it, it knew it was complicated and it was just like, yeah, I'm just going to be complicated. Sorry. Um, and uh, but it doesn't stop you from actually enjoying the film. Like there's nothing about the plot that's like that prevents you from being like, oh, shit, this is so fucking dope. You know yeah. what, what I'm seeing right now. Um, with that being said. I will maintain everything that I said about the film prior to its release in that this is not the film to save theaters. Like the, like the fact that they even thought that at all is hilarious. Like this movie is so fucking complicated. <laughs> I'm not going to take a five-year-old child to go see Tenet and yeah. Th- think, yeah, like, no, nah, do, do you I, understand? I, I, it had some good first, uh, first, Weekend numbers though, didn't it? Like, uh, I don't know. Twenty million. Look, I think it, it did, it like did about million twenty million. I think weekend. it was originally projected to do maybe twenty five to like thirty or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, is is sort of I think what where it was hoping to be. Um, it it underperformed I guess for their uh for their estimates. Yeah. But given the fucking scenario, who gives a shit what the fucking numbers look like? You know, like it doesn't really matter. I guess what they were trying to judge it is like, okay, if they get like a lot of people out to the theaters, then it's like, oh shit. Yeah. Okay. Full steam ahead with every, us returning to kind of business as usual as a, 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 as the theaters go, as far as the theaters go. Um, now that that's definitely not the case, right? Mm-hmm. Um, especially here in America. Uh, and I think, and I, I think it, I, I read some numbers that it was pulling in like a, a 150, uh, 150 mil um, globally. Globally. Okay. Um, which is obviously, um, clearly like a lot better than five percent um, of what the movie cost <laughs> yeah better. it was uh 20 million over labor day weekend and 150 international with 30 million from china 130 you said for the 150 150 i'm sorry um yeah uh so so yeah i, I guess a, a little bit of a mixed bag there you mm-hmm. know as far as uh the return Obviously, the movie cost about two hundred to make, so that's a little bit of a punch in the gut. But what the fuck were they expecting, right? Like yeah. this is this is pretty much what uh, what it was going to be because uh, because of the fucking the, the scenario, circumstances right? that we're in. Yeah. Um, so I don't think that this was the movie that was you know they were hoping you know back when they were going to release it in June or or was that July? It might have been July that they were going to originally like release the movie. And then they had to move that date and then he just kept moving it back. Um, I think that they had really terrible expectations <laughs> uh, at that point, uh, because if if you were talking about like maybe a Wonder Woman movie, maybe you're talking about a Black Widow movie, maybe you're talking about even um, I don't know, uh, even Bond, right? The actual Bond, right? Yeah. Um, those would have been all better suited 
to potentially quote unquote save the theaters right more um, more is it because like it's a you know wider audience right wider audience you can bring the kids absolutely if, you know you may go see it with your friends yeah and you family. may not take the kids to go see bond plow another you know bond girl but uh <laughs> but yeah but like a wonder woman yeah. uh what is the other um uh, black black widow, black widow maybe yeah. yeah um yeah those would have been all better served and i'm a huge nolan fan uh he's my favorite director um you know, so, you know, I'm not mad at the movie. I, I absolutely love the movie. I had a great time watching it, but I think it was just stupid to think that this would ever be the one to be like, all right, you know, everybody's yeah. excited to go back out to the theaters to go see this. Now, if you hit me with like an end game, all right, I'm, I might, might come out to that, you know, like, but, you know, with this, it's just, you know, the subject matter and, and just with how the movie plays out is just was not conducive, I think, yeah. to, to. Really going to be play. interesting to see, like, what the numbers look like over the course of the next sure few weeks right like yeah. four i would say like, like if they dip or if they you know keep going up you know yeah. uh, gradually as people start to get more and more comfortable with the idea of going yeah. to the theaters yeah. and now that more amcs are opening how is that going to impact like if the movie is doing well right and the movie theaters are opening back and then people are like okay well you know movie theaters are open and then we hear that movie's good it's doing well is how is that going to influence people to go back to the theaters? What's that going to do to like investor confidence? Is AMC, uh, is their stock price going to increase? Because that's my primary <laughs> yeah, you're, concern. You're always worried about this Since I'm a stock. stockholder. <laughs> um, so if, uh, listen, we went out and saw this movie. I highly, highly recommend you go out and see this movie as well. Because um, I, uh, I need that stock. I need that stock bump. <laughs> need the stock boost. Uh, yeah. So uh, as always, man, we, we press play on the movie Tenet. Um you know, obviously, you know, if you guys are listening to this review, then hopefully you did as well. Otherwise, you just got some major fucking spoilers. Uh, whoops. Um, uh, let us know what you felt about the movie below. You know, did you like the plot? Did you not like the plot? Who'd you like in the movie? Uh, did you do you understand what the fuck is going on with inversion? Uh, <laughs> um, you know, uh, do you think this was the movie to, uh, to to get people back out to theaters? Uh, and if you did, what was your story? Did you actually go to theaters to watch this or did you see it on bootleg? Like, what? let us know <laughs> below. You know, maybe do it through an, uh, a burner account. You know, so yeah, they don't <laughs> Kevin Durant burner account. <laughs> yeah, they don't they don't trace it back to you. But uh, let us know nonetheless in the other uh, comment section below. We definitely appreciate the, uh, the the commentary. Um, but with that being said, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have arrived at uh, the conclusion of this abbreviated fade pop.